from the creators who brought you RuPaul's Drag Race and Million Dollar Listing. This is World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's edition of the Wow Report where we count down the top 10 topics of the week that made us go wow. wow. I'm Fenton Bailey, co-founder of World of Wonder, joined by our chief creative officer, Tom Campbell. Hello, hello, hello. You. And editor of the Wow Report, James St. James. Fenton, where are you coming from? It looks very exotic. Well, it is. I'm on a secret mission to Bogota in Colombia. Interesting, interesting. I can't wait to hear. Um, If I say anything, someone will kill me. Um, (laughs) You can't say that about Colombia. (laughs) It says more about Fenton and what he does than it is about (laughs) Colombia, as you know. Let's start with the countdown. Number 10, Tom. Number 10. I had one of the best nights in the theater of my life this week. The National Tour of Hairspray, which is an incredible cast. It's a road cast, road, but it's like such a professional cast. And the heart of the entire production was our very own Nina West, who played the role that Harvey Firestein created. The and the turn Vlad, yes. Yes. All of gay Hollywood, except you two, were there. So many queens were there. I can't, again, don't just go because of Drag Race. Go because it's one of my favorite shows of all time. It's done so well. You know, I think it came out in 2005. It won the Tony. Um, and it is as relevant today, if not more. It is beautiful, the music. You know, um, Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman, who did the music, just got a Tony this week for uh, Some Like It Hot. And, uh, and, and in attendance was Adam Shankman, because it's Hollywood. He directed the movie of Hairspray. Jerry Mitchell, the, the choreographer who did the original choreography on Broadway, was also there. He spoke. Um, but Shangela was there. Brooklyn Heights was there. Alaska was there. Trixie was there. Uh, it just, I, and I went with Theron. Everywhere you went was somebody you knew and loved. And we came out at intermission, and we were all just like teary and happy and this is really making James very sour. I know. Um, why doesn't I, nobody ever invites me anywhere? Darren's I'm, here, I'm, and he went with you. Well, th- hey, fuck Darren. you for not inviting me. How dare all of you? We were guests of Nina don't, West. Don't throw Nina under the under the truck. James is very upset right now. He doesn't get like this very often. Tom is sitting here saying it was the best party ever. Everyone who was anyone was there. There's not and not one. If you weren't a list, you weren't there. So I, you know, and, and everybody who was fabulous at World of Wonder. I offered well, to go. It was a good room. room. It was a good room. It really. It was a really good room, actually. I think we were all surprised that we were all there on one night and that the show, you know, sometimes you go to friends shows and you have to think during the show what you're going to say to them afterwards. And it was none of that. I was laughing and crying. I was kind of singing along, which the people in front of me turned around at one point. So well, I was just going to say, I have seen um, Hairspray, you know, like probably 10 times. And I've watched the movie a hundred times and I, I would probably be singing right along with you. And it is one of those foolproof shows that just can get you on your feet. And by the end, when it's that 20 minute, you know, you can't stop in, the beat. You can't stop the beat. The ocean to the motion. And da, 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 da. Yeah. It's pretty, it's spectacular. So 
Yes, I'm glad you all. James, had a I would go time. back again to see it with you, but I know I'm not a enough for you. But it's at the Dolby mm-hmm. Theater to the 21st of May. It then goes to Atlanta uh, in in beginning of June uh, to the fourth June 4th. It's in Omaha starting June 6th. It's in Austin, Texas, starting June 13th, and then it's in Tempe, Arizona. I can't tell you how talented. Good the morning, Baltimore. It's only hey. it's walking distance from the Wow Office, James. You can't you can't miss it. Yeah. Well, I I, I was at the Wow Offices yesterday. I don't know why nobody walked with me. <laughs> James, you and I will go, but it sounds like because <laughs> for the whole evening, like mm, well, Todrick <laughs> isn't here. Roger isn't here. Eureka isn't here. <laughs> Roger was here. there. Um, and just Roger another shout there. out. Eureka. Yeah, and another Jerry shout out to Neil West, who was the heart and soul of the production, milks every joke brilliantly, does occasionally does a hobby Feierstein just to keep you, just to, just to land a line, but she made it her own performance. And I, again, I'm well, just I'm gushing. so proud of our girls, you know, Peppermint Jinx, Nina. I mean, everybody is is hitting the, the great white way and, and doing their theater thing. And it's, it's really, it's a wonderful yeah. time. It's very exciting. Yeah. Aaron, it is so good to see you. I am so glad that James has someone else to pick on other than moi. Um, we're going to come back to you later in the show um, with a surprise reveal for number one. But um, let's go on now to number nine. Number nine. Well, I would be remiss if we did not talk about the Met Ball, the, 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 the big costume gala exhibit that happens every year. I wanted to just quickly go through and give my thoughts on some of them, see what you thought. I know you, you were glued to your TV for the three and a half hour E special of red carpet special. I don't know if you three and a half hours of red carpet. It was a bit much. I yeah. I just say I turned it on to watch it uh, here in Bogota on E. They have it, and and I turned on the streaming, and all it was was a frozen person, a freeze frame of a woman playing tennis. There was nothing else, and I kept on coming back to it. I changed the TV. <laughs> I did. It just that's all I got was a still of someone well let me just say you didn't miss much because it was a little low wattage this year there was not a lot of star power um the big old school stars were nicole kidman j-lo glenn close and selma hayek that was as good as you got um gaga and rihanna were the last two to show up and that was like (gasps) like real stars have shown have come um, I'm going to give some names of some of the big stars that Anna put on her list instead of influencers. Remember, she banished influencers. And so she invited these stars. And you tell me if you know who they are. Tayana Taylor. Yes. Yes. No, yes. no not you. No, you uh, you're going to know all of them. Who is okay. Tayana Taylor? Help us. I, well, I don't know. She's a rapper. Okay. Conan okay. Gray. We need Blake for this segment. Yes. No, we don't. Conan Gray. No, yes, no, somebody? Maybe no. not. P- push a T, yes or no? Nope, not yet. Daniel Ricardio. Daniel Ricardio. Really look forward to knowing. Sarah mm. Toy. What about Shy Gilgis Alexander, that huge star? Shy Gilgis <laughs> Alexander. Uh, Vanessa Kirby. Do you, I know the name, right? Do you know who Thames is? Thames wowed everybody. Who's Thames, Blake? She, I only know her because she was the woman at the Oscars who blocked everyone's view. Oh, right. Oh, her. 
her. Yes. Okay. That's why people were gasping when she walked on. I think I think Olivia Rodrigo stole the stole the night. I think she was Love. best dressed. Her hair was amazing. Amazing in that yarn dress by Tom Brown. And she was like, um, she was like uh, uh, Audrey Hepburn, people were saying. Yes, exactly. Janelle Monet in that mayor of Halloween town from A Nightmare on, on Christmas or whatever. Um, I just very quickly, I hate Tom Brown because one time I tried to buy a Tom Brown jacket and I, call, I had a couple thousand dollars I had sold. To, and I was going to, I called Barney's and said, the jacket that's on the mannequin, I really want it. And the guy said, really? And I said, yes, how much is it? And he said, $28,750 for a jacket. It was just like a regular white, white and blue jacket. Anyway, so I've had a problem with them ever since then because nobody can do that. Um, very quickly, Florence Pugh was P.U., uh, J Lo, I don't know if you liked her little '80s Joan Collins hat and her bikini bra. It was kind of a weird, like she's at a, the beach, but she's also going to like a royal wedding, right? It was a mix. Exactly, that was exactly it. Okay, now Fenton, we get to little Nas X. Go, Fenton. I'm here. I just what said, did you Fenton. think of Little Nas X on the on the Met Gala? Oh, I'm sorry, you weren't paying any attention to me at all, were you? You had flown off on your own. Are you there? Um, now he's going to pretend to be frozen. That's I exactly froze. What you're doing. I caught you not paying attention to me. That is a lie, James St. James. How dare you? I've been waiting for you to say Little Nas X because to me, it was all about Little Nas X. And when I saw him, I didn't need to see anything else. And I haven't stopped looking at his picture from every single possible conceivable angle <laughs> since the first Monday in May. I will be looking at it until the next first Monday in May and probably until the end of my days. I was like, what an ecstatic outfit. He looked like he'd just been dredged up from the Damien Hurst treasures of the wreck of the unbelievable. I, it was just gorgeous, gorgeous, James. From behind especially. <laughs> I will give him that he always swings wide. He he always shoots for the stars and goes for the memorable. I love that about him. I don't. And then after the third or fourth people came is is Choupette, his cat. You know, when Jared Leto. Okay, let's do the top cat. three. Who is the best cat? Was it Jared Leto in the full furry? Was it Doja Cat in the prosthetic cat nose? Or was it a disco ball thonged? Lil Nas X, which which cat was your favorite? I, I will give Lil Nas X oh. that, but I don't know if you Lil saw Nas X. Um, when um, uh, Doja Cat was giving interviews and they would say, so what, who made your albums? And she'd go, meow, meow, meow. <laughs> and they'd say, well, are you happy to be here? And she'd be like, meow, 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 meow. <laughs> like she just meowed through every interview. I thought I gave it up to her for that. You guys, you know how I hate to be self-promoting, right? You know that. But I have such mixed feelings about the Met Ball. And I know you do too, James. You weren't going to watch it. I saw you that day. And I feel like it takes itself too seriously. It needs some evolution more than just the toothpaste colors running up and down the stairs. And this is the self-promoting part. Like Drag Race gives you even more crazy looks. And there's a little sense of humor. I wish there could be some, I don't know, sense of humor or something thrown in. That being said, I watched the whole damn thing because it's so fucking easy to watch and scroll through. I that there was a memo that went out at um uh um 
at Vogue after after the camp uh, gala where they said no more drag race people because they upstage everybody else. That was uh, no that I'm I'm very serious that is something that happened that is well known within the fashion community that no one from drag race will ever be there again. And after. do you know what I think that's essentially a good thing but I have to say this about that. Karl Lagerfeld was the inspiration. I felt the designs of most people on the runway had nothing to do with Karl Lagerfeld. Didn't didn't address the aesthetic of Karl Lagerfeld. Didn't do anything with it. And I was sort of, I was just disappointed well, by that. A, a lot of it, you know, is just the black and the white. And if you wear black and white, you, you've got it. If you've got pearls, you got it. If you got a Camilla, you got it. Um, but I think more important thing to discuss is the fact that you know he was famously homophobic he was fat phobic he was a racist he was you know a fascist he was a terrible 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 person and we've talked about separating art from the artist ad nauseum on this show but i know that a lot of the big stars this year boycotted because of that and because of so many so many of them gwyneth paltrow and you know tina fey and everybody have come out saying that it is the worst party in the world to be at it is so annoying as you were you know jammed next to everybody and everybody's just taking cell i mean it's just it's a terrible narcissistic clusterfuck of horribleness i know we're running over and i'd like to have the last word if i may in the words of dozer cat meow (laughs) (laughs) all right let's move on um <laughs> number eight number eight succession of course because we cannot go a week without mentioning succession i will say here and now that as good as episode whatever it was was when logan roy passed away i think it was episode three as good as that was this week's episode of succession living plus was the best episode in the entire franchise history and I think one of the most genius episodes of comedy, horror, douchiness, all in one. I just want to talk about what was going on in the story. It's not so much about the characters for once. It was about this product that uh, Waystar was launching um, called Living Plus. And I just cracked Which up is, saying it. It's something that Fenton would have come up with. It is so... <laughs> I think Billy plus. might have bought, a sh- bought, bought one at the end of the, oh, end of the show. He got online. Living Plus is a retirement community that was positioned by Logan Roy before he died as turning the cruise ship experience uh, onto dry <laughs> land. And if that isn't a horrible enough idea to start with, you then think this is surely bound to failure. Plus it's called Living Plus. And I think the slogan was live more forever. And it, the episode just sort of took off as, as Kendall embraced this idea of living plus and actually turned polished a turd the way a turd has never been polished before and delivered this incredible presentation of living plus. Because it's like if you could live in Fox News, I think that's what living plus is. You are in a gated community that is sort of secure. It probably has armed guards around it. And well, it's like the says, villages in central Florida is what it is. Right. Um, I mean, it does have resemblances to Disney's um, celebration, that sort of yes. purpose-built town. I've, I've been there. It, it is Disney celebration. This place already exists. Right. Also, in Disney celebration, one little, my fun little footnote is you, your curtains have to be tacked in white facing the street. There has to be such uniformity. Anyway, go on. 
That, absolutely. So it's sort of it's sort of quiet luxury, quiet fascism. That's what it yes. is. Quiet it's, fascism. That's perfect. And 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 what he adds to this experience of knowing that everybody's going to probably be white and you're going to be completely safe is he says it's going to be fun. There's going to be so much entertainment because, you know, we are the ultimate streamers. So, again, I think if you could live in Fox News uh, and live in Netflix as a retirement community, this idea of like walls that would be TVs beaming in unbearable amounts of media and fun. And then he delivers the kicker, which is longevity, <laughs> which is the whole idea that they will super, super max medical procedures and have all the protocols a, a sort of goop meets kind of elon musk um because the kicker was that to do this presentation well first kendall had wanted them to build a house with clouds above it and that was a disaster that wasn't going to happen so he pivoted and managed to bring logan back from the dead in a sort of green screen presentation but of course logan didn't say exactly what Kendall wanted him to say, which was to say that profits would uh, hockey puck and go through the roof and be exponentially enormous. So they deep faked it. <laughs> and Greg, the sort of useless cousin who can't do anything right, was sort of turned all sort of fascistic and, and mean and just told the editor, don't give me that. Just do it. Figure it out. Make it happen. So wait, that's what resonated with you? <laughs> the, whole, the, the whole... Because that fascistic make it happen that the... <laughs> it was... We the heard sort of, from Benton? It was the evil totalitarianism that was delivered in a perfectly wrapped package. And, and it was the fact that actually everyone now is behaving like Kendall. Everybody stutters. Everybody's continually kind of saying the same thing twice. It's it's become like a weird cult. I, I just thought there were so many levels going on. I thought it was Shakespearean in its... What did you guys think? I thought it was brilliant. And I think, you know, this idea that none of the kids are serious can be taken seriously, but you can't take Elon Musk. I, I think it's the new wave of, of, you know, moguls. It's like they're... They're soft in the head. They, 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 they've always thought outside the box, but now they're crazy. But I think that you're right that nobody takes them seriously. And yet each episode this season, we have seen Shiv step up to the plate and nobody realizes what, how, how important she was to the deal. We saw, um, we saw Roman just sort of twist everything around and he had that wonderful, you know, and this time we see Kendall. Everyone has really stepped up to the plate this season in ways that were unexpected. Yes, but they're, they're as douchey and as awful and as incompetent as they ever were, but people are buying their shit. And that's what I found so chilling about this episode and, and the whole direction of the series. I said, I guess $192 billion means people will start eating yes. your shit, huh? <laughs> and that's the way I want to run the WOW report from now on. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, there you go. Uh, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, continue on with our countdown of the top 10 things that made us go, wow. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the Wow Report. I'm Fenton here with Tom and James and Blake. Um, we're counting down the top 10 things of the week that made us go wow. And we've reached number seven. Number seven. Big week for Willie Nelson. 
Um, he was just inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It was announced that he would be in November at the ceremony, along with a lot of other people. I'm sure we'll talk about another time. But uh, just prior to that, I realized he was, they were doing a celebratory 90th birthday for Willie Nelson at the Hollywood Bowl. Everybody in music coming one at a time to sing and pay tribute to him. On Saturday and Sunday night, I bought tickets for both. I brought my I invited my friend Laura for Saturday, my friend Greg for Sunday. Um, we went. I hadn't been to the bowl, I think, since COVID. We, we did it all right. We took the Uber from World of Wonder. We get there. We have food. We're sitting. Out comes, you know, Lyle Lovett, Roseanne Cash with Chris Christopherson, Beck, Nora Jones, just one after another. Owen Wilson's introducing people. Helen Mirren is introducing people. But you know what's happening during this time? The audience is smoking so much pot, so <laughs> much marijuana <laughs> that it became unbearable. I don't drink or smoke. I, I, I sort of can't. I sort of have used up those, those playing cards. And, but I try not to be a prude about it. You know, I try not to, I'm not California sober or anything like that. I'm very sober and I take it very seriously. But I may have to, I've talked to my, my, my sponsor because I might just reset my date. Because it was just <laughs> like, and it wasn't like people doing edibles. It wasn't like cool little, it was like old gray haired people with roaches and big, like, <laughs> <laughs> and as, the, as I didn't think you could smoke that much pot. Like I thought, are they smoking cigarettes and smoking? Like it was, it was like chain smoking. And because the event was such that like it was beautifully done and shot, but like one act would come out, one say, I love you, Willie, maybe tell a funny story and sing a song and they'd leave. So there was this downtime that they were taping mm-hmm. it. I hope it's gonna be a special. Um, there was just a little bit downtime. And I thought, well, I have just become a horrible person. I no longer can stay in crowds. I can't tolerate people. And I thought, I've never even smelled a cigarette. You don't smell cigarettes in California at the bowl, but it was like the bowl was on fire. And I realized because there was no momentum, because there was no like song into song, people just had time who were drunk and high just to talk about And people were like, oh my God, I can't believe we're here. Like while the song's playing. (laughs) I can't wait to tell all my friends that I was at this epic event. It's like Roseanne Cash is singing with Chris Christopherson, shut up. Last thing I'll say is, when it comes to Willie Nelson fans, they are eclectic. Um, but there is a cowboy, kind of an urban cowboy effect of really kind of hot, skinny, hip cowboys in hats and boots. And I didn't, I spent a lot of time just following them as they walked up the stairs and back down. <laughs> was Willie Nelson there? I would suppose if I were to have totally uh had to go to the hospital because of marijuana in, in, inhalation i would have seen him at the end of both nights but i was unable to stay the next day i told my friend greg i was like i'm still gonna go maybe we'll go late maybe i'll wear an air mask i was like how can i go i have these tickets they weren't cheap and my friend greg i was like i can't go i cannot walk into that inferno one i imagine time. it's sort of like spicoli's van in fast times in ridgemont <laughs> high where you open the door and it's just billowing clouds come out and there's no shame in their game but boy it it's made like it... the entire bowl was hot boxed <laughs> yes it was un, it was uninhabitable uninhabitable for me i could i had to get out of there and we got Trust the Uber you a lot of what they're exhaling. I mean, it's, you're breathing in what's been in their lungs. So in a post-COVID, it's not just the pot smoke. It's like... All of that was going breathing. through my head, my dear. 
And when we mm-hmm. got into the Uber, I was like, we reek of pot. It wasn't in our minds. Like, we reeked of pot. Anyway, that's my uh, happy birthday, Willie. Happy 90. <laughs> All right. Well, let's hope that's a TV special. Then you can watch it without having to inhale. Um, number six, James. Number six. Number six, I watched a really sad documentary the other day. Um, it's called Aaron Carter, The Little Prince of Pop. And um, uh, the little prince of pop is what Michael Jackson used to call him. And it's um, it's on Hulu. It's um, weird because, you know, he just died six months ago. You know, he died in November. Doesn't it seem like he's been dead a couple of years yeah. to me? It's, it's, it's very strange that they were able to get this whole documentary made in time. It's like they had it all waiting or whatever, which is gruesome. But there's a lot of archival footage from his early days, the Aaron's party, I want candy, uh, I beat Shaq, like all of that. It's really, it's, it, that's really interesting to see. There's a lot of stuff, Blake. There's a lot on the love triangle with Hillary Duff and Lindsay Lohan. You forget that that was a moment in 2000 history. That was everybody was, was, you know, thinking about that. There's um, the whole stuff with his mother stealing all the money. There's all the stuff with the Carter family reality show that was such a train wreck. I don't know if you guys remember that in like 26, 2015, something like that. Um, there's only a couple people that are that are on the show who come who talk about it. AJ from the Backstreet Boys. I guess the whole point of it is this poor kid just, you know, never had a chance. He was used up and spit out by the industry in a way that is just it's it seems when you're watching it it feels more tragic because he becomes more and more tragic as the show goes on and you see all the face tattoos and he keeps losing the weight and he goes back and forth on all the reality or on the like the doctors and he keeps saying that he has a huffing problem and he has this and that and and then he has this baby and he's getting abusive relationships with the girl and you know he and his brother nick have an abusive relationship and it sort of skates past um the lou perlman day you know like we don't know what happened there um but it's it's in, and weirdly, there is no mention of his sudden bisexuality. I don't know if you remember that phase, but they just skate right past that. They don't even acknowledge it. But you see so much footage of his last couple months, and it's just, it's very sad. It's very tragic. Um, uh, I don't know. You know, James, he called The Office a few times before the pandemic. He wanted to do a a, a, a series, and we talked to him about doing it. And but, but it was very crazy and hard to kind of, well, I remember that because I was very excited when I heard that he called. But you said that if this film had begun production before he passed. I I suspect that maybe it was already in the works. Yeah, um, but I I do remember that you had said that there were, it was hard to get anything concrete out of him, and that that it just felt like it was there was nowhere to go with it. Very sad. Um, and he was such a cute little kid, and he had so much potential, and he was so talented. And it just, it's just very, it's upsetting. Do you recommend watching it? I do. I do. Um, Tom, no. Um, Fenton, I think you, yes. <laughs> um, James scolded me earlier this week. He thinks I'm becoming too safe and I'm not, I'm not taking enough chances and letting enough into my life that I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be living in, in living plus soon. And I'm going I'm <laughs> to avoid all bad things. I just, I just worry about the bubble that you live in that, that someday it's gonna it's gonna pop 
and you're going to be subjected to the real world and you aren't going to be able to handle it. <laughs> well, Aaron Carter, The Little Prince of Pop, streaming on Hulu. I guess you got to strap yourself in for a, a gloomy ride. Um, oh, here's a cheerful thing. Um, number five. Number five. Stonehouse. Um, this is a series um, streaming actually... Well, Blake tells me here it's streaming on Roku. I didn't think it was on Roku. I, I had to do that final, finally give in and do the trial subscription to BritBox. BritBox is the British streamer with uh, shows from ITV and BBC and on all and what have you. Anyway, Stonehouse is this series, limited run series, telling the true story of John Stonehouse, uh, a member of parliament in the mid-70s who... Um, <laughs> faked his own death. He he went on a business trip to Miami, put his clothes and passport uh, on the beach, went into the water for a swim, and never returned. Well, everybody thought he was dead, but in fact, he wasn't dead. He had swum out of the beach a bit further on, used, and this is, he had, you see, what happened to John Stonehouse was that he became an MP and um, became Minister of Aviation and promptly went on a trip to Ch- Czechoslovakia, which was behind the Iron Curtain, and had an evening that, you know, they provided him with a translator. Um, the translator turned out to be a sex worker. He had wild sex with the translator that was filmed. As you do. And played back to him. So he had to become a spy, but he was a completely useless spy um, and so after paying him for many years, the, they just dumped him. And so suddenly he had a lifestyle he could no longer afford. And um, he um, got kicked out of the cabinet and then the blah, 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 blah. So he ended up in terrible straits, financial straits. And he thought the solution to this would be to fake his own death. He had multiple life insurance policies. And he also went to one of his constituents funerals a widow went to the funeral of her husband stole the dead man's identity and that's how he could go off to australia with a new passport and so on the one hand he seemed incredibly sophisticated on the other hand just like a fuckwit at every single turn and so they play this kind of as a comedy but it's not that funny it's kind of like really yeah was he married Yes, he was. He was married and had kids. I mean, so that's the embarrassment of the sex tape. Because the only thing that would embarrass me, and maybe it's lucky because I work at World of Wonder, but the only <laughs> if there if there were a sex tape of me, and I don't think anyone ever took a sex tape of me, but if there was, the only thing I'd be embarrassed about would be the unflattering angles. That's all I would be embarrassed by, not the act, but just like, oh no, my butt, my butt looks really flat. Anyway, I just didn't know why he'd be so ashamed. Well, no, right, right. I suppose it did have a power, but but what a terribly cruel thing to do to leave your wife and kids. Yeah, and yet haven't we all had that fantasy of just disappearing one day and starting over a new life? I think I, nothing would make me happier than to fake my death and run away to Australia or something like that and just end up in you know the outback. It's never too late, there. James. It's never too late. Well, James, true. you would miss us too much. I know you would. You'd think it's great at first, and then you'd be like... <laughs> well, when you start hearing about some queen yelling that he wasn't invited to the, you know, the Queen's Academy in Auckland. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I buried the headline, because the person who plays John Stonehouse is Matthew McFadden from Succession. Oh. 
Oh, and he's so good. He makes the whole thing and it's directed by John S. Baird, who directed the Tetris movie I was raving about. So, so this is kind of, not yeah. it's, it's not a documentary it's not a docu series it is an actual like uh, yes scripted. it's an actual it's a drama series based on a true story and it's written by the guy who wrote a very British scandal about the Jeremy Thorpe scandal mm, which you love that was your favorite yeah. movie of the year so in this moment in this particular instance the algorithm worked in your favor it's all your favorite things are in one thing. I definitely think the algorithm did put this together. Yeah, you got the right well, as writer. We all, as we are heading into the writer's strike, and we are gonna we we are gonna be searching desperately for scripted series because we will have no new ones. This is one to look up. Mm, absolutely. Something else you should look out for because we're going to take a quick break is Bring Back My Girls, returning with T. S. Madison hosting to RuPaul's Drag Con. Uh, we let's see what other dates of RuPaul's Drag on May twelfth and thirteenth. Twelfth and thirteenth, May twelfth and thirteenth, Friday yeah. and Saturday. And we have we have RuPaul's Drag Race season fourteen, seasons three and four, Drag U season two. Wow! Uh, Which I actually the only time I worked on set was Drag U season two. Wow! I was a talent wrangler and got to work with Stacy Q and Downtown Julie Brown and Jane Weedlin. Oh my gosh, and now we're coming. Amazing. Uh, mm -hmm. It's an epic series that will be coming to Wow Presents Plus, but come see it live at DragCon. All right. Um, Blake, we didn't do any questions this week. I'm so sorry. I've been too excited. I know. I do have a question. I'll probably cut it for time, so you'll have to watch it on the YouTube version. But we haven't even mentioned today a Cinco de Mayo. What? Yeah. Cinco de Mayo, honey. Um, Wait, does I that want... mean yesterday is, was May the 4th be with you? That's right. That's an even bigger so much. <laughs> I want to know, okay, you know, it's not even really celebrated in Mexico. Um, it's more of an American thing. The, the beer companies actually made it a drinking holiday back in the 80s. But I want to know who's, what city's annual Cinco de Mayo celebration is bigger than the one in Puebla, Mexico, which is where the holiday originated. Hmm. All right. We'll Wait, have what, the Mexican city or just what city in general? What city in general? I'll give you a hint. It's American. All right. Okay. Okay, okay. All right. So which American city has a bigger Cinco de Mayo celebration than the place where the festival began in the first place? Right. Puebla, hmm. Mexico. We'll have the answer right after the break here on the WOW Report. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the Wow Report. I'm Fenton here with Tom, James, Blake. You had a great question for us because we're celebrating today. Yeah, celebrating Cinco de Mayo. Um, what city's Cinco de Mayo celebration, what American city's Cinco de Mayo celebration is bigger than the one in Puebla, Mexico, where the holiday originated? Oh, I, I want to say something like New York, but I'm going to say San Antonio, Texas. Oh, I was going to say something like Phoenix because they're all just party animal freaks at the college there. ASU. I'm going to go with Austin, Texas. Good oh, guess. that's probably a good one. All good guesses, but you're all wrong. It's, of course, Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. I know, right? I think you know, LA is just a, a drinking city. 
right? little detail is is Michael Aleg was released from jail on May 5th and he called it Cinco de Michael. <laughs> um, we're kind of down top then things that made us go wow this week we've reached number four number four I'm going rogue I told you guys I was going to talk about the Carol Burnett 90th birthday special on NBC yes. which you should all see it got more viewers like 25 over than any show has in the history of time it's like a huge thing it was very fun very warm very lovely but and I'm going to tiptoe around this but Tucker Carlson, they say that they have released the tweet, which I'm not going to quote, tip tiptoeing, that where he was, he said heinous things, but nothing that surprised me that he would say. So I don't believe that the tweet that's being released as the tweet that, that put him under is the real story. And, you know, he, he talks about, enjoying violent watching three white men perform terrible acts of violence against a black man and and then questions should he be thinking this it's like it's i thought you know here i thought here's the what do they call it here's the here's the hot gun here's the here's the weapon here's the gun yes that and i read it and i was like that sounds like stuff he says on air well, not only is it stuff that he says on the air and he's been saying on the air 400 times total yeah. about the replacement theory and this and that and everything like that, but I have a feeling, my theory is they released, somebody released this text and it's got a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B. It's got just enough for the liberals to get angry about, but it's got just enough that the right can say, well, he's not a bit, I like him. For it's this. like he I, released it. It's like he released it. His exactly, people. Exactly. Because everyone on the right is saying, well, he said afterwards that he feels bad about it. I like him for, for that. And everyone on the right, on the left is saying, well, what a horrible person. Like there's just enough for both sides to dig in. And it seems very suspicious to me. In a succession living plus world where you just make shit up as you go along, this is made up shit. This is yeah. damage control. It, it, this and is there not is, the smoking gun. It is this not. Is, thank you. The smoking it. gun. This is this is a cover up, and I can't. I, I hope. I don't even know anymore. I hope we find out the real reason because he had to have done something so heinous, or so personally and uh, it, egregious. It, it wasn't that. Oh my God, Tucker is racist. That is not the thing that suddenly shocked everybody after ten years on the air. No. I think it was something about the Murdochs. Yeah, I think I want to see it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, oh, so watch the Carabinet special. <laughs> did you know Tucker Carlson did a, a, a has made a documentary? I think it's called The End of Men, and apparently it is the campest, stupidest thing you've ever seen in your life. Like, and it features a raw egg shaman. Someone was telling me about it, and I don't want to give him a platform, but I, I'm going to try and watch it because it sounds. Redonculus to the nth degree. All right, let's go on. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I just farted on the air or something. Let's go on to number three. Number three. <laughs> I watched the creepiest, craziest documentary. It just blew my mind. It's called Bigorexia on um, on Amazon Prime. 
And it's about bodybuilders who are obsessed with building body mass to an impossible degree where they are like the Hulk. They are like, you know, the thing. They keep getting bigger and bigger, but they think that they're skinny and they're embarrassed of themselves, okay? They they have such body shame that they keep going to a point where they're shooting up. I mean, it's crazy. There's this one guy who's lifting weights and he's lifting like a thousand pounds and his eye socket pops, his eye pops out. Like there's this blood coming down his face and the eye is like, it's like, it's just, just, and they, but he's like, yeah, man, you see that? Like he just loves it. Now I don't like muscles. I think muscles are vulgar. I think muscles are low class. I just hate a muscle boy. So I don't know why, how I got sucked into this, but there are three people on the show that I, that I need to talk about. One is this trans woman. Okay. Who is a bodybuilder. And she competed in the male category and won several um, national titles before she transitioned. And now she is this push me, pull me where she needs to keep building muscle mass. But at the same time, she wants to slim down and be more womanly. But she keeps injecting male hormones on top of her female hormones and steroids so that she because she's so. She doesn't know she's addicted to it, but she can't let go. But she wants to be a better woman. It's just really upsetting to watch her. Then there's this boy I sent you pictures, this Russian boy named Kirill Tarishian. And he just wants big biceps. He wants to be skinny everywhere else, but he wants these big balloon Popeye biceps. And he keeps shooting something called synthol, which is an oil, into his, and it's terrible for you. And he's got these big black sores all over him from the synthol. And, but he just, he says he doesn't want flat muscles like regular people. He wants them to be like balloons. And that's all he wants is to be, have big balloons on his arms. And they keep telling him, we're going to have to amputate your arms. You've got to stop. You're going to die. We need to, we're going to take off your arms. If you, and he can't stop. He can't stop. He can't stop. Finally, he goes into therapy and he starts, he, he, he gets it taken out because it gets really bad. It yeah. seems fair to say these are super extreme examples, right? Super, like very few people on earth. Extreme. But then there's this other boy named Zach Ainsley, and he is so beautiful. He is so pretty. He's like a soap star, porn star, supermodel wrapped into one, okay? And he's just this blonde, this pretty, pretty little face, but he doesn't see it. He cannot understand that he is pretty, no matter how many girls throw themselves at him, no matter how much his mom says he's beautiful. He keeps pushing himself to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and he keeps entering all these contests and losing them, and it destroys him. And he keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it, he, he loses his looks. By the end, he is, you know, the steroids, your hair starts to go, your teeth start to go, your skin gets break, broken out and porous, and sh and the muscles look to, like he's just lost his beauty, and it is so hard to see. You just want to hug him and say, honey, 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 you know, stop it. Stop. You're beautiful. You don't need this. And I start, started following him on Instagram and he's just bigger than, he's just like a moose now. And it's so sad because it's just, he is a, a, a ghost of the child that he was, the pretty boy that he was. It's a fascinating, fascinating documentary. I had a moment today 
because you know I'm getting older. We all are getting older. I do the scrub, this Dr. Lancer scrub, and then I put this um, Good Jeans by Sunday Riley thing on, and I'm sort of red in the morning. I look, and I don't have my glasses on, so that helps. That's another layer of filter. And I'm like, you look pretty. Like, be happy today because you look. You know, you're going to really be happy looking at yourself two years from now if like you're alive. So I, we'd all have. That's the less. That's just the takeaway. It's like just be happy with what the, we, every it's, no. Yeah, that no matter how great you look. So often you just can't see it. I I do that. Like you know, I, I saw a picture of myself in the in my forties, and I was like, I looked really good. And I and you couldn't have told me in my forties. Yeah. I thought I was fat. Well, and that old. was black and white photography back then, though. So, <laughs> but you know, I mean, like it's just it's sad because you just want to hug all these people and say, no, don't stop. Yeah. You know, hardest thing is like learn how to love yourself, right? I mean, true. You know. That's the lesson. It's like you can't do anything for them, but you can yeah. love yourself, James. And I can love me. Yeah. Fenton, I don't know what Fenton can do. I really don't know. I don't know. No, I hate looking at old pictures of myself because I'm like, I never thought I was good looking then, but I, wow, I'd like do me then. Exactly. <laughs> That's the waste of time. That's why you have to love yourself today. Exactly. In 10 years, exactly. are you going to look back on, on the three of us right now and say, gosh, we were so young and so cute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's. You watched some very depressing films this week, James. Uh, that that was the most depressing of them all. (laughs) That is streaming on Tubi or Amazon Prime. All right, number two. Number two. I just want to share quickly. I have three new Instagram obsessions. And no, it's nothing to do with naked men or twinks or anything like that. I'll see you later. One is marbling videos uh go to the uh at the soft asylum all one word the soft asylum this is when they on instagram they have a shallow yes they have a shallow pan of water and they pour ink on top and floats and then with like feathers and little pins they drag through it and create these beautiful marbling patterns and then they lay a piece of paper or a piece of fabric on top and pull it out, and that's how they make this incredible marbling thing. That's cool. I t- now wow. I watched the I watched about ten of them after you told us to watch that, and I must say, I it's your moment of zen. It's so <laughs> fascinating to watch them feather the 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 patterns and stuff. It's a bit like tie dye, and very often they get to a point where it's you like, oh my god, that's fabulous, and then they keep going and they ruin it. And you're like, you you keep it like if you would have stopped two minutes ago, it would have been perfect. And then they just make it they they zig when they should have that is the artistic process, right? Is it do you have to think do you have to have a real skill to do this or could you get good at it yourself? That's interesting. Do you? They make it look very easy. Um, but I guess that's that's true skill is when it looks like I'm just doing this. But it made me want to kind of take up marbling. I kind of want to like Get it, get a pan of water, get some, you know, like. I feel I like this, I can this see you Fenton's, and Nolan. I can, I can see Nolan doing this, definitely. I yeah. see this as Fenton's marbling era. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and in the same vein, but completely different, go to Cheyenne Marble, which is S-H-Y-A-N Marble, which is basically quarrying. It is big trucks moving giant pieces of stone. And I watched this stuff for hours. What's the appeal of that? I went on and I did that one too, Fenton. And as I was in my second hour of watching Quarrying, I was thinking, what in the hell is the appeal of this? Why is Fenton telling me to watch this? 
Is it the sound? What 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 turns you on about it? It's you know, the what? scale, and it's seeing like when they they're like carving out the rock, and they're like making it fall. You're like, is it going to break into a million pieces? Or when they're trying to put a huge rock into a dump truck, is the dump truck going to fall over? Okay. Or so it, and... it's fraught with tension, is what I'm telling you. Because all I saw was people dragging rocks around, and I was like, Where, "Where's the but third act?" It dance, but you watched it. And the last one, very quickly, is ship underscore spotting underscore Greece. And this is a, a Instagram site from a maritime photographer and drone pilot, and it's all about freight shipping and containers. <laughs> And you I'm, are one bizarre man. Let me. I tell you, say. it is a respite from looking at thirsty bodies and thirsty videos. And the it's best a respite, thing about it's a respite from drag queens is what it is. <laughs> the best thing about the ship spotting <laughs> Greece is often on these giant freighters. They're in the middle of nowhere, so they'll throw like scraps of food into the ocean, and within seconds, enormous sharks and tuna fish are in a frenzy all around it. You think there's nothing in the water? I tell you. You're not gonna, you know, you're not just gonna be worried about great white sharks. It's like massive fish that are really hungry, and just suddenly, the moment you drop anything in, they just. I watched The Meg over the weekend, which I think was one of yeah. your favorite movies of 2016. One of them, yes, yes, very good, very good. All right, we're gonna take one more break, and when we come back, reveal. The number one thing this week that made us go wow, which will include welcoming back the legendary, amazing, the one and only Farron Smothers. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the Wow Report. I'm Fenton here with Tom and James. And time to reintroduce our very special guest and reveal this week's number one thing that made us go, wow, it's Theron Smothers. Number one. Hi. Theron, we lost an icon this week, this past week, an icon of television, the legendary Jerry Springer, whose show... Ran the Jerry Springer talk show ran for almost five thousand episodes, and I feel that it has been decried as the end of civilization multiple times. But I don't believe it was. I think it was a masterpiece of television, darling. And you have a special story to tell, right? Yeah, I mean, it was my first intern job working on Jerry Springer. What did you have to do? <laughs> but it's kind of similar to what I do at World Order now. The intern job was like booking drag queens club kids and you know uh the fun ones. everybody like, from arguing. Full circle. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, the difference is you're paid. When now, was so that's this? Good. When was this, Theron? What 94? Oh, so 18. you were going out at the same time. You had just hit New York. Yeah, this is before, like, I moved to New York or before I, I think I even met you, James. I hadn't met you yet. So was this, this was kind of like... Chicago? Yeah, Chicago, right? So oh. it, it was weird because the I was a bartender in the Fox building down at Bennigan's, uh, and Amy Scott was, like, a journalist for Fox News, came down looking for cool uh, stories, and I told him about RuPaul. Hooked him up with the World of Wonder, called, talked to Allison Pilot, hooked him up with World of Wonder. They did a RuPaul news story. They came down like a week later, said, oh my God, it was like the like the biggest 
ratings we've had, you know, in history or in a long time or whatever. And as a thank you, they gave me an internship to Jerry's at NBC with Jerry Springer. Like that was like kind of like, oh, like thank you. And also meet our friends over here at NBC. Well, now in the beginning of Jerry Springer, it wasn't quite as outrageous as things became. Like in the beginning, it was this period, was this still baby daddy time? Was this still trans? This was people? like meet men who dress as women time. Okay, this was like because there was a lot of like that. Was... Joey Arias, you know, Van Barnes or TJ Mutzwell at the time, Bobby Trendy's first, uh, you know. But it was also I caught my husband in my dress type things. No, it was more like, can you believe these men dress as women? Time, right? right? Okay. This was before DNA testing. Or the, yeah, this is before DNA. This is when like talk shows were like still like <gasps> you have. You know, you're Crazy a man. Nightlife people, you go out and party all night and sleep all day. The Miss Continental is a really you know. crucial, important difference to make because, like, on the one hand, everyone attacked him for like being trash TV, but when he had the gays on, the gays were kind of in on the joke and made it sort of fabulous and spectacular and sort of, I was going to say postmodern, which sounds so douchey, but. It just became a different kind of show with the gays, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And he wasn't, he wasn't as judgmental. I didn't see, he wasn't as hard on the, the, the new kids, right? So, yeah. Um, I was going to ask, did you ever get to spend any time with him? What was like, he like? Him? This was before I, 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 I guess this was a time before, like, I, I thought that, you know, uh, talk show hosts were celebrities. So I didn't look at Jerry as like a celebrity, right? Like I do now, like, you know, where, so it was more like the, the Chanel twins were celebrities, you know, TJ Mozzarella was a celebrity. Our, our drag, our, our club kids were the, 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 to me were the celebrity at the time. So uh, I, I looked at our, the people they were ha- having me help. But did you ever interact with him? Was he, did he seem nice? Did he talk to you? Not, did you not talk to him? I wish I would have, known then when I know now how to do it but at the time I was still I mean I had just moved out of farmland you know out of the Colorado mountains it was like I did I didn't know how to interact just yet right I have I was still cutting my teeth so I wasn't as an I you know I, I, I wish I would have spent more time with him I or got to know right, him right. but how smart are you like some kind of heat-seeking missile to come off the farm and go straight to the most important revolutionary television show on the air at the time is very spare show I mean that was the 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 rock face of cultural transformation but I also want to say about Theron though is that right off the bat when you moved to Chicago you were hanging out with Jojo baby Greer Langton Paul Monroe Nan Nan um uh Reagan Comstock yeah, yeah, so I mean, you were heat seeking. You you found the most culturally important people at any given time. Did you just want to say something very quickly about JoJo? Do you remember JoJo, baby? Oh, we talked about not. him a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know he just passed, and you know, he was part of that Greer LinkedIn, TJ Mozzarella, Van, slash Van Barnes uh, group, and you know, Ilana was in that group too. Who's you know whatever, but they they were the kids happening in Chicago at the time. They were really exciting. So when you go from to from farm to from the table, the celebrity table. It was, it was, uh, they were really exciting. Like, I mean, they were so great at the time. I mean, Greer, I mean, had so much history 
you know, it's sort of yeah. like 18 year for me. And she was actually on Jerry Springer. There's a, there's, there's a, she's on one of the panels and, and was, and then we'd go sit in the audience too. So she's actually even on Jerry Springer because she was in that, like people I was awed by, you know, like Steve Lafreniere, like introduced me to like the whole video portion of gay culture that led to the stars that were in Chicago at the time with the extension of Greer down to Jojo, you know? So I love it. I mean, I have video, I have video. I have video of Jojo, Greer, and Van, and Reagan Comstock all in one room together talking about, you know. We're going to have to do an autobiography at some point of you. Well, and I just, James, you were saying he went straight from the farm to all the cool. I somehow came from the farm and moved out here and found Theron. Who well, oh, let's make it all about Blake now. <laughs> I remember well, Blake. Now I'm just saying Theron, Theron has introduced me to everyone. And well, I, we were just, I was just saying to Blake the other day that the reason why, Blake, you're such a bitch is because Theron and I got a hold of you when you were so young. And then you went to Stephen Horbell after Theron and I. So that you had no. I, re- I, re- I remember exactly what Blake said. He's like, Will you take me out? I'm tired of being bored. <laughs> he was such a six sweet months later, her like, said, Boy. <laughs> we destroyed him, Theron. <laughs> There's that famous picture know. of Blake and I hang What's that? Those who don't oh, know, Theron, Theron is our senior vice president of talent at World of Wonder. Is that correct? Yes. And he deals yes. with every, we have a thousand queens. Theron is in good stead with all of them. Theron is the most lovable person, the most sensitive, intuitive person when it comes to dealing with people in general, but talent especially. And while you are number one this week in the report, you're number one in our lives all the time. I love you, Theron. Well, I'm continuing to do the great work of Jerry Springer. You, oh, exactly. Exactly. I hope Bring I get a, a PhD Springer to, to, to RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> Yeah, I would love to get a PhD in gay social studies just like having been <laughs> involved you have in it such, baby you right? have it like, already you don't need to You're study any professor. well in my PhD, professor. by PhD he means pretty huge dick <laughs> yes always which you Jerry are... oh never mind which well, speaking of Jerry no skin. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right thank, thank you guys I, that's all we have time for this week on the wow report um thank you tom thank you james thank you blake thank you Theron. yeah um you can watch um previous episodes and this episode on our youtube channel wow presents you can see all the stuff that we cut out because it was just too embarrassing but until then same time, same place next week. Until then, go out and do something that makes the world go wow. wow. wow.